Positive Aging with Patricia Raskin is the podcast that provides empowerment, inspiration, and education for older adults to thrive in their golden years. It's produced by Rhode Island PBS and made possible through the generous support from South Coast Health, Cochlear, Greenwood Credit Union, Bama Companies, and Balancing Life's Issues. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Positive Aging. I'm Patricia Raskin. Three in five Americans say that not having enough money in retirement is a top financial concern. However, 80% of current retirees say that they live comfortably in retirement. Today, we're talking about safeguarding, managing, and growing our finances in our older adult years. My guest is Jeff Massey, CFP, president of Massey & Associates, Inc., a wealth advisory firm specializing in retirement planning, investment management, asset management, tax planning, and estate planning. A certified financial planner, Jeff hosts the weekly radio show, Massey on Money, and is a frequent speaker at financial conferences and seminars. Jeff is a U.S. Army veteran and a lifelong Rhode Island resident who supports and volunteers for a number of charitable organizations. Welcome, Jeff. Hi, Patricia. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Jeff, tell us how you think COVID, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected our finances and savings and contribution to retirement savings, especially for older adults. Well, initially, as the pandemic hit and all of the money started flowing from the federal government, uh, the average savings increased rather substantially across the board because the money was coming out, but yet people were restricted. They they really couldn't go out and do the shopping that they wanted to do. So initially, the savings rate actually increased during the pandemic, which was certainly a surprise to me uh, because you figure with everything shutting down and all that. um, But the the money coming from the government was just so plentiful that people had excess money. And we could we could talk a little bit about how that's changed since then, Hmm. because it has. Yeah, and how it's affected the older adult. Go ahead. Yeah, um, when when you look at it across the age bands, um, the money initially went to savings, and then as things started to open up, things flipped a little bit. People started spending more and more of that money. That was a little bit of a contributor towards inflation, along with supply chain issues, et cetera. So as people age, it's just more important to really control the expenses because that you tend to be able to control. Now, there's some things out of of your control. If you're renting, you have no control what that's going to be. If you own a home, you have no control as to how your real estate taxes might change or your insurance premium might change. But beyond that, Uh, The discretionary spending is what can get some folks in trouble, and sadly, some folks would be tempted to put money on the credit card, hoping something can change and can pay that off in the future. So controlling credit card debt, I believe, is a very important step, and the closer you get to retirement, the more important that becomes. Mm -hmm. What about passive income streams, Jeff? You know, vehicles for this, investing wisely. You know, and and you know, do we do things like stocks and bonds and cryptocurrency and annuities at, at when we're older and we're toward retirement or after retirement? 
Well, full disclosure, our investment firm does not allow us to talk about cryptocurrencies because it's still kind of like the wild, wild west uh, yeah. in a lot of uh, situations there. So we really cannot render any, any opinion on that. But it is important to um, keep money invested in the market, even as you age into retirement, because you need something that's going to outpace inflation and taxes. And, and historically, over long periods of time, the stock market has proven to do exactly that. So it's important to keep money invested. There are some folks that uh, look at that, I think, a little incorrectly. They think, well, once I get to retirement, I shouldn't have any money invested in the market. We fundamentally disagree with that. However, it's so important as you age into retirement or further into retirement to reduce your risk. That's really the difference maker when it comes to investing in the market. So you want to keep money invested in the market, but it, it should be prudent. Your level of risk should come down as you age. It just, just makes more sense. As you age, it's important to hold on to what you have more than it is to try to make a very large return. Because in trying to chase that large return, you inevitably end up increasing your risk, and that's not something you should be doing as you get closer to or further into your retirement years. This podcast is made possible in part by South Coast Health, a not-for-profit community-based health system that provides a clinical and caring experience to every life we touch in Southeastern Massachusetts and Rhode Island. To learn more, visit southcoast.org. Jeff, what about if you have discretionary income when you retire and you're thinking about starting another business, what's your feeling about that from a financial point of view? You know, I've had I've had a small number of folks that are getting ready to retire and they they ask my opinion about uh, what, what comes up most often is buying rental property. Okay. And my first question is, what is your experience level with rental property? And if they tell me, well, I've never had a rental. And I, I just flat out tell them, I said, look, in my opinion, it's not something you should be doing at this stage of your life. Um, and then I tell them my personal story where I had rental property years ago. I made a boatload of money. And then the last property I had pretty much took it all away and then some. So I didn't have a very good personal experience. Now, that being said, I have clients that have become absolutely wealthy through rental property, but they didn't start it when they retired. They started when they were a young person. And I think rental property should kind of be left for younger folks because it can be brutal with the timing that, that it requires to take care of it, the emergencies and things of that nature. So I'm not a big fan for somebody just getting into that. Now, other types of business, I mean, if, unless you have experience in the business you're looking to start, mm -hmm. I think it's too big of a challenge to take on as you're entering retirement. I would rather you focus on fun stuff like a hobby or building up your friendship, enjoying golf more often, you know, doing things like that, uh, volunteering. There's tons of places that, that need volunteers. And I think that might be a better place to spend some energy. Okay. 
So what would you say, Jeff, are some safety nets in our 60s and 70s, like expanding your emergency fund, um, maybe not paying for life insurance, reassessing your disability insurance, um, considering your accounts, updating your estate plan? What, what is your feeling about some safety nets at this stage? You know, the common knowledge was keep six months of your income as a safety net in case something happens. Now, let's put that in perspective because I would suggest that you change that a little bit. Because once you get into retirement, your income tends to be fixed, whether it's Social Security, a pension, you might have created a lifetime annuity payment on your own. But those are not going to change because you can't go to work. So your income level is more static in retirement. So it's less of an issue. In my opinion, you don't need like six months worth of your earnings as an emergency fund. Now, that being said, we have clients that have 50, 75, 100,000 in the bank. We call that the pillow money. So it, it's beyond what the needs are. It's more of a desire. So that when your head hits the pillow at night, you know you've got that much money in the bank. So if you have a true emergency, you can walk into the bank and take your money. Very simple. It's very easy. So there's no real need to have a savings based on your income level because in retirement, that income level should be fixed and guaranteed for life. Hopefully, if you structured it on your own through an annuity or a Social Security or a pension, those are lifetime payments that you'll get. So in terms of this stage of life, being the older adult, many times we have much more freedom in terms of our choices. What do you think are some things that are very positive for us at this age, 60 plus, 65 plus, in terms of how we can use our finances and maybe the freedom we have? Well, first, we do retirement planning. So our focus and our niche is for those folks that are 55, 60 plus. Uh, many are preparing for retirement, but many are have been retired for years. And yet they're looking for like a second opinion. So we, we do that as well. And it's just interesting to see the transition when people go from working to retirement. Um, one of the issues that we see if somebody is, they get retired, you know, all of a sudden the job ends and they, they now are going into retirement. One of the first questions I ask is, what do you enjoy doing? What are your hobbies? Because people, if they don't have hobbies as they go into retirement, they tend not to be as happy. And that's just the experience that we see. And those folks that have, have, that have hobbies, that have a, a group of friends that they get together with on a regular basis, whether it's golfing or playing cards or just socializing in general, visiting, whatever that might be for them, it's important to have that network built because as you transition into retirement, you have an, an extra amount of time. Let's face it, if you work 40, 50 hours a week, plus your transportation back and forth, that's a big chunk of time that you need to fill. And we, we see those that are most fulfilled seem to be the ones that stay busy through their circle of friends in their hobbies. Mm, absolutely. What do you say to people that might have had a crisis, Jeff? Maybe there's a health crisis, maybe there's a family crisis, and a lot of their savings are wiped out and they're older. What would you say to them? Well, it is challenging. And there are times where 
if you can kind of see that something might be uh, on the horizon, you know, if your health starts to decline, you know, you should meet with an attorney just to make sure that you've got your assets positioned properly so that if something were to happen and if there was like a nursing home event that might be coming up, well, then you need to structure your assets in a certain way uh, that are all playing by the rules set up by the state so that you could potentially get some assistance with the cost of the nursing home. Now it's called Medicaid planning and there are attorneys that do, although Rhode Island doesn't recognize specialization with attorneys, there are attorneys that uh, spend their primary time doing that type of planning. Um, and if people need a referral, we'd be happy to help out with that and get them in touch with a good attorney. Now, there are times where people don't seek help and they just do things, you know, because, well, you know, here's a comment. Well, everybody knows you have to do X. Well, don't listen to what everybody knows, because oftentimes what you're hearing from friends and relatives, perhaps, is not the best route for you to take when it comes to that type of uh, issue with health and spending lots of money. So there are certain things that can be done playing by the rules. And I want to stress that there's nothing being done under the table here. It's all playing by the rules that the state has established, but just working with an attorney that knows those rules so that they can rearrange your assets in the best way possible so that you can gain the benefits that you you can access to help pay for nursing care, things of that nature. This podcast is made possible in part by Cochlear, the global leader in implantable hearing solutions, helping people of all ages to hear and connect with life's opportunities. To learn more, visit www.cochlear.us slash aging. So Jeff, let's talk about some ways that... Um, we can save without feeling deprived. Like, for example, you know, getting that latte every single day. <laughs> that, <laughs> that adds up to, you know, 50 bucks a week. <clears throat> so what are some things that you think we can do, you know, to conserve as we get older? As you said, unless we have, you know, money that's coming in on a regular basis, we're more in a fixed income, but not always. So what would you say? Well, you, you hit on one that I often bring up. I mean, when you look at a cup of coffee, really the cost is about 10 cents. And yet you can go to someplace for the experience, as they say, and spend five or six bucks on that cup of coffee. Right. Where, I mean, long range, and it probably wouldn't take that long to pay for it. You could buy a coffee maker at home and get a, uh, what do they call it, a milk foamer or something like that. Make your own lattes. And you can probably make it for about, 30 cents, I would guess. And then that coffee maker would pay for itself over time. Um, it is because I have I have friends that they have to have that brand of coffee. I'm like, really? Here, let's let's go to McDonald's. Let's try it over there. <laughs> and it was like half the money. And they're like, this is really good. I'm like, well, there you have it. You know, you don't have to spend five or six bucks on a coffee. People do it because they want to. And if the cash flow is there, well, it's a splurge. That's how I look at it. It's a splurge. And if it's comfortable in your budget, that's one thing. But if you're looking to save money, then look at things like that. Well, you know, is there coffee available from a different vendor that you're happy with? And does it cost you that much less? Now, in that particular example, it was literally half the cost. 
So that person can save half their money that they were spending on coffee. And over time, like you say, that adds up. You know, if you can save three bucks a day, well, even if it's just five days a week, that's $15. That's 750 bucks a year. It adds up. Yeah. Just little things like that add up. Do you think you should put those things in a budget? Do you think people should budget? I mean, it's kind of like the D word. Like, do we have to go on a diet? Do you have yeah. to budget, Jeff? <laughs> people Here's, don't like to You to know, semantics that. are a big thing. And I had this thought recently where most people object to a budget. I did too, right? So I, I started just use, playing with the words and I asked them to make a spending plan. Yeah, that sounds much better. Doesn't that sound nicer? <laughs> much so, better. <laughs> right, because then you know it implies that you can spend money and you can obviously. Budgeting is the same thing as a spending plan. It's just the, the word is like a four letter word to a lot of people, <laughs> you know, just they don't like the word budgeting. You know, when I moved out of the house right after high school, like a week after high school ended, I was out of the house. My dad and I didn't get along all that well back then. Years later, that all got fixed and we had a great relationship after that. But mom taught me how to budget <clears throat> and she had me set up envelopes. And uh, I heard uh, somebody on the radio call it recently cash stuffing is what they called it. So stuff the money into an envelope. Literally, that's what I did. I had an envelope for every bill that I had and every paycheck, I would put money into each of the envelopes so that I was budgeting myself. Now, it was helpful. Now, certainly now I don't have that same type of system. I don't know if too many people would want to set up envelopes, but you can do it electronically as well. You could set up an app, I'm sure, and set up your budget, how much do you have available for each of the areas where you like to spend money and how much do you have coming in. One of the more important things to do, the first item ought to be your savings, whether that's uh, within a retirement plan or on your own. But the first thing, the old uh, adage of paying yourself first is so important mm, yeah. because you need to save the money. And even as you get closer to retirement, it's important to continue to save money. This podcast is made possible in part by Greenwood Credit Union, which offers locally based full service banking where our focus is on you. To learn more, visit greenwoodcu.org. So in terms of, you know, the older adults, or we call them active agers, Jeff, um, <laughs> you like know, having, having a clear vision, you know, knowing where you want to live, knowing what you want to spend, knowing how to adjust your nest neg, lowering your expenses. Is this really all important in terms of, you know, really having a clear plan so that you can enjoy the time rather than worrying about the time? Well, we certainly believe that planning makes sense. Um, and that's the business that we're in. We're always telling people to plan. So if you know you have a large expense coming, like let's say you know your refrigerator needs to be replaced in two years. Well, stop putting that money aside, either physically in a separate account or at least earmarking money within an account for that larger expense that you're planning to handle. Because little bite-sized pieces are easier to deal with than all of a sudden you've got to lay out, you know, say a couple thousand dollars for an appliance of some sort. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing if you're if you're looking to purchase a car. If you're able to, stop putting aside a monthly amount to cover the replacement of the car. Mm-hmm. And that way, at a minimum, you would have a down payment for the car. Um, interest rates had been very low. We see them rising now, of course, because the feds are raising interest rates, and that's causing a little bit of havoc in the market. Uh, which is a potential downside of having money invested in the market. But, and I mentioned that earlier in retirement, you need to have money invested, but the risk level needs to be much lower mm-hmm. as you enter retirement and the further into retirement you go. But you still need to keep things in the market, keep money in the market because long term it works. Mm-hmm. That's the important part. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what about um, folks who want to? take care of their children or grandchildren, um, you know, or put money away for them? Um, In my book that I wrote, Massey on Money, um, we talk about how to provide more dollars to kids via life insurance, where we, we like that idea where you can set money aside to pay for life insurance. We find it interesting when people come in and say, hey, I've got this life insurance policy. I think I'm just going to cancel. I don't need it anymore. My mortgage is paid for. I don't have young kids anymore. And, and I always say, look, let's table that for now. Let's get through the other analysis, and then we'll, we'll talk about that later. One of the main reasons why people, I believe, should have money or life insurance as they get into retirement is oftentimes the larger dollars are contained in an, a traditional IRA account. Now we call that forever taxed money because as money comes out, it's taxed, right? So with that, we, we suggest how by keeping life insurance, it allows a surviving spouse to convert traditional IRA to Roth IRA using the life insurance proceeds. Oftentimes what happens, Patricia, is although income typically comes down, oftentimes people, the surviving spouse jumps a tax bracket where many people are in the 12% bracket. But as a now as a single filer after their spouse passes, they end up jumping to the 22% bracket. That's a significant impact. So we like life insurance uh, in retirement to help the surviving spouse pay for the the tax bill on a Roth conversion, and that allows them tax-free access to that money for the rest of their life. And if they don't end up using it, they're passing on tax-free money to their children instead of the highly taxed dollars. Mm -hmm. So so again, life insurance and Roth IRA. Well, Roth IRAs we think are important. And we, we have a process we call it strategic Roth IRA conversions so that we can help alleviate higher tax bills in the future. Right now, we are in the lowest taxes that I believe we will ever see. They are currently scheduled to increase January 1st of 2026. Now, the first bracket didn't change, but the second bracket is going to have a 25% increase. Then the next bracket is a 13.6% increase. The next one is 16.6% increase, and it goes all the way up the, the tax brackets. So it now is a great time to consider strategic Roth IRA conversions because we're in these lower taxes. Okay. And as, okay. as people age, as they go into further into retirement, we often have a conversation about where they are tax bracket wise versus 
where their heirs are. Because if their kids are working and double income and they're working, they could be in a much higher tax bracket. So it might be much more tax efficient to let mom or dad convert to a Roth, pay their tax, which they might be at a 12% level. The kids could be in 22% or 24%. That's a huge tax savings. So we like to have that conversation as well as people uh, spend more time in retirement. Closing thoughts. What would you like to leave our listeners with just about um, finances and our older adult years in a sentence or two, Jeff? <laughs> well, it's just so important that you can't just start at age 70 or 75 saying, oh, I need to fix my finances. Start early. Always plan. Thank you very much, Jeff, for being on the program. Very informational and inspirational. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure, Patricia. Have a great day. Positive Aging with Patricia Raskin is produced by Rhode Island PBS and made possible in part by South Coast Health, Cochlear, Greenwood Credit Union, Bama Companies, and Balancing Life's Issues. For more information, please visit ripbs.org slash positiveaging.